Dr. Greg Humphrey. My name is Dr. Alex Porter Humphrey, and together we are the Elevate Med. So I'm I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Both of my parents are teachers, and I was actually in my uh, dad's class when way back when. Um, I was also a highly competitive gymnast, uh, receiving a scholarship to compete gymnastics at UCLA. And through my experiences of obtaining a lot of injuries, uh, broken bones from sternums to broken wrists to uh, broken toe, and my experience with interacting with orthopedic surgeons and with athletic trainers, that really sparked my interest in wanting to go to a field where I could help others, and that will be medicine. I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona, and there were not too many people of color living here at that time. And my first image of a black doctor was actually on the Cosby Show. And so Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable was my imaginary fictional role model that really first planted the seed that I wanted to go into medicine. Coming out of high school, I knew I wanted to go into medicine. And at the time, I was a highly competitive gymnast. And I received uh, two scholarship offers, one from UCLA and one from Ohio State. At the time, my oldest brother was a highly competitive Olympic gymnast, and he was at UCLA. So um, knowing the atmosphere and the culture there, I decided to matriculate there. Um, there I studied uh, microbiology and molecular genetics, and I was able to advance my gymnastics career um, at the time in the hopes of trying to go to the Olympics. But with injuries and other things that just didn't pan out, I decided to focus more on my medical career. Ultimately, I decided on pursuing medical uh, training at Howard University. Um, I wanted that cultural diversity experience, and I knew I could go to a place that would really foster uh, care and understanding and, and, and really help me to be the type of physician I wanted to be. I wanted to go to Spelman College for as long as I can remember. And I was pre-med at Spelman, but I had such a love for the arts. I insisted that I was gonna be uh, an English major and then a biochemistry minor. And that was pretty unusual at the time um, because most people going to medical school were biology or chemistry majors. And my third year, I decided to study abroad at the University of Sussex. And everyone told me, if you do that, you're never gonna get into medical school. And to my delight, um, I had a couple of choices when it came to medical school. And ultimately, I chose to go to Temple University School of Medicine. And one of the main reasons why I chose Temple was because I looked at their track record of having graduated black physicians and really saw their commitment to recruitment, retention, and the advancement of black and brown students at their institution. And I knew that that would be the best place for me. So I was the first person in my family uh, wanting to go into medicine, and I knew that it was going to be cost prohibitive. And so I decided to work uh, a couple of years after I graduated uh, as a paraacademic counselor for student athletes. Uh, it gave me a time, gave me time to uh, understand the matriculation process and how much um, I needed to save up in order to be able to even afford the application process. And then once I did apply and got accepted to Howard, I was able to. Um, you know, I, I knew that it was going to be still tough to, to pay for that. And so I ultimately uh, obtained government loans knowing that, you know, medical school at the time was about $160,000. And so I know that, you know, coming out, obviously I was going to have to pay a lot more with interest, but um, I was determined to go to a place and, and, and keep complete my dream of being a, you know, the doctor that I wanted to be. 
I received a full scholarship to Spelman College and I was so fortunate to be able to graduate without any debt at all. And so when it came time to pay for medical school, I really don't remember ever hearing anything about scholarship opportunities. The only options I was faced with in terms of how we were gonna pay this huge amount of money was to either join the military, sign up for primary care, which at the time I thought I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. And the final option, the one that gave me the most freedom was for private and federal loans. And coming from a family that was not going to be able to pay the $50,000 per year tuition bill, that was really my only chance to allow myself the freedom and flexibility to try to figure out what it was I actually wanted to do within medicine. When I graduated medical school, I realized that I was not cut out to be a neurosurgeon because I would get motion sickness under the microscope but I was destined to be a neurologist and I was determined to go to the top training program in the country. And that's what led me to Rochester, Minnesota, the Mayo Clinic there. And uh, I think Greg's story is similar in that uh, he ended up uh, in Rochester, Minnesota for the top training program in the country in his field as well. It was interesting how we met. Uh, I was actually coming off a really uh, tough call and I was real tired, very hungry and uh, we had a mutual friend who had a barbecue the following day and I just wanted to go and eat and relax and call it a quits. And <laughs> so I went to the barbecue and Alex was sitting at the table and uh, you know, we struck up a conversation. She had only been there a couple of days and found out that we lived in the same complex and um, you know, I just had a very warm feeling about her and we uh, subsequently got married two years later. So when we were thinking about getting married, we realized that there were some important conversations that we really had to have. And how much debt both of us were in was um, a pretty serious one. So both of us were fortunate to have undergraduate scholarships. So everything that we owed essentially was from medical school. And so for us to come together as a couple, that meant that we were looking at needing to repay almost half a million dollars back to the government for our medical school bills. And so because of that, very early on, we had to talk about, well, what are you looking for in your, out of your career? Are you looking to go into academics or private practice? What about what kind of subspecialty are you interested in to be able to figure out what our earning potential might be so that we can pay this debt off? What does your credit score look like? All of those things um, were critical for us to really be able to come together as a couple to figure out how we were gonna start to achieve our goals together. So I think people have misconceptions about how much doctors make. Um, they don't realize that we also have a lot of debt. Um, as Alex had mentioned, we came in with nearly about 500,000 of debt. Um, and so we were fortunate to have really good uh, advice uh, not to live the life that you see on TV, but to really focus in on cutting down your debt as soon as you can um, in order to be able to enjoy things and afford things later down the road. After we finished residency and fellowship and started our careers, we still wanted to do the things that, um, that were typical. We bought a house, we've had two children, 
And we were also fiercely dedicated to making sure that we paid off our debt. And so what would have ordinarily taken anywhere from 20 to 30 years, we were able to pay off in eight. And I remember the day that I made the final loan payment. Um, it truly was one of the most uh, liberating feelings of my life. We were really excited to finally have paid off all of our financial debt uh, from medical school. And we come from families where giving back is just our foundation. And so we wanted to be able to be in a position to help others financially, as well as to provide some type of mentorship and leadership training that would have been great if we would have had that as we were going through our residency training as well. One of the most important things to me after we got out from under that debt was to then invest in a student at Spelman the way that Spelman invested in me all those years ago. And so we started an endowed scholarship at Spelman um, with that in mind. And ultimately, once we did that, we recognized that there's actually a, a greater vision and a bigger picture. And we really had the opportunity to create that thing that we wished we always had. And our desire in that was to elevate medicine to this ideal where the workforce looks like the population served. And also to elevate physicians, elevate MDs, to really provide them that financial support, the education, the leadership training, and the mentorship needed to help them achieve their highest level of success. Elevate Med was launched in May 2019, and by December 2019, we had raised over $200,000 from fundraising. By May of 2020, we were able to finally award our first set of 10 scholarships to our scholarship recipients. And what we hope to do with our inaugural cohort of Elevate Med scholars is see that continue to grow. One day we want these scholars to become mentors and then eventually become donors as we continue to expand. And the success that we've had thus far is purely because of the collective belief and our mission and vision and the hope for the future. And so not only are we creating kind of a movement with what we're doing with Elevate Med, we also recognize that we're changing the face of philanthropy. For so long, when people think about who the philanthropists are or what that even means, it often doesn't include people that look like us in our age group. And so if you take a look at our board of directors and you take a cross section of our, the people that have supported the organization and the donors, you'll really see that we are changing the face of philanthropy and that all of us has the opportunity to make a significant contribution to the future of our healthcare workforce. On behalf of Elevate Med, we thank you for your support and we hope that you help elevate medicine with us.